Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's a Friday. I'm sorry, it's Thursday here. Thursday, around five-ish or so. And I know I have a sponsor, but I'm going to do the Haftar anyway, because we have Shabbos Chazon. And um, I, maybe the most famous of the Haftaras, right? Chazon Yishai Ben Amos. We all know the Chazon Yishai Ben Amos. You know, with that Tish above tune. And uh, very interesting, unusual um, Haftarah. Let me jump right into it with both feet. <clears throat> what are we doing over here? We're going to do the Haftarah Yeshaya. What about Yermia? <clears throat> Last week and the week before, you, know, you have three, uh, uh, three weeks. And the three weeks have the three Haftarahs, A, B, and C. So A and B are from Jeremiah. Well, that makes sense. Yermio lived then. He was a witness. In fact, we're going to read Echo soon on, Sunday, on Saturday night. Um, again, from Yermio. He was there. So you can't get better than somebody who was there. It's a sad story, but he was there. Yeshaya wasn't there, right? Yeshaya, as I think most of you listening know, lived, what, 100 years, 200 years, something like that before the Korban? Let's work this out. It says in the Haftar today, And according to tradition, he was killed by Menashe. So what happens like that? After Chizkiah and Menashe, Menashe was 52 years, so uh, 55 years. They have Menashe, Amon, Yoshiahu, Yochaz Yoachim, and then Yoachim Tzikio. So I'm just pointing out, when Yeshai pronounces his his prophecy, Chazon, it depends when it was applying, I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, go like the Barbano for a second. I don't hold this way, but the Barbano does unusual he says that this Haftorah, since this is the beginning of the book of Isaiah, is the first chronologically of his prophecies. Now, it doesn't sound that way. It sounds like chapter 6 is the first of Isaiah's prophecies. That's when he said he was touched by a coal, and he saw Kadosh, 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 and the six wings and all that business. So, you know, that's when it uh, sounds like he was in, inducted, inaugurated into prophecy. But even if you, let's stipulate for a second, you go like the Barmino. Uh I'm sorry, I said, uh, I really sh- I shouldn't say it, but I'll, I'll, let me go with this. Let's say you go like the Barmino. So that means he was in Uziahu, right? So that's like 50 years. And then, you know, Ochaz and, and Chizkiah is another 50 years. And Menashe is another 55 years. And then Yoshio and that whole group is another 50. It's 200 years, Right? Let's say you don't agree with that. Let's say, as I would argue, that, uh, you know, this Haftar of Chazon is a much later. No, so it's from time of Chizkiah. It's still like 150 years. You know what I mean? It was a long time. So what's he talking about? Why are we reading this? Now, the partial plain shot, and I mean this, is is very striking. Get it? You're talking about um, destruction of Shalayim. We're looking for an Avigdor Miller type approach. 
Jerusalem sinned, therefore destroyed. It was prophesied beforehand. It was a warning. Nobody can call him out like Yeshaya. You know, he talks about corruption and, uh, you know, all your officials are no good. Hoi, goy chote, am kebet avon. Oh boy. Zermarim. Bonamashchisit. I mean, he cussing about whatever name he has. Right? Niatzos Kadoshi Israel. What's left? So he called him, you know, every name in the book. And Mikaf Regel, Roshim, and the whole society from head to toe is full of um, of sins. In his case, wounds, but I mean sins. You know, I know you know that. And then, very funny, Artsachem Shmoma Rams Rufusesh. Your land is destroyed. Now, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? Yeshai didn't live at this time. So, you could say, um, from a very push up shop point of view, that this Haftar was chosen because of its striking nature. Regardless of the fact that Isaiah didn't live at this time, and if he's not exactly talking about Tisha B'Av, but nevertheless, since he, he's talking about some other type of Corbin, nevertheless, since it's so powerful and striking, so, well, we use it on Tisha B'Av because the rhetoric hits you like a two-by-four, and that's what we want, that the Olam should listen to Musser uh, on Erev Tisha B'Av or so, and should be moved to thoughts of repentance. Okay? Now, you can say, of course, that even though he lived earlier, he's prophesying about Tisha B'Av. Doesn't exactly say it, but the words fit. The corrupt society, the leaders are bad, the judges are no good, right? I mean, he, he goes through it after today, he pretty much takes apart the society, certainly the elites. Um, what does he say? Uh, get back to that puzzle in a second. Shimu Dvarshem Katini Sodom. So he calls them Sodomites. Katini Sodom. Princes of Sodom. Sodom is, is renowned for wickedness and for corruption. And so you can say, okay. You know, I mean, he's calling them Sodom and Amora. Katini Sodom Hatizir. See, he's saying, I'm talking to Sodom and Amor now. He's not. Sodom and Amor obviously didn't exist that time, but he's referring to Claw Yisrael as Sodom and Amor. Okay, I get it. You know, he's, he's talking about bad near. And especially when he impugns them for religious hypocrisy, for filling the forms but not the content. These are classics. Who wants your lousy carbonus since your carbonus are taken by ill gotten gain? Right? Savati Ols Rim Chom Rim. I don't want this Kisavalar is funny. If you come to the base of Migdash, get out of here. I don't want you. Mibiki sorry. Who wants you, you tramplers in my courtyard? Get out of the base of Migdash. You know, and so on and so forth. Los Sifa Vishov. All this famous stuff, I know you know this. Okay? So you can say that um it's very vivid, very striking. And the prophet Isaiah, living 150 years or something like that before, however long it was, was foretelling the, the coming doom of Jerusalem. Obviously, his words were not listened. Although he does call upon them to repent, but obviously it didn't work. He says, Wash yourselves, purge yourself from your sins. Stop doing evil. Right? Uh, look at it. Shift to Stop screwing over the widows and the orphans. The widows and the orphans are helpless. So that's the one that the corrupt judges and the lawyers are screwing over because you know they can't fight back. You see, 
So, um, and he says, please, you know, um, what's the expression? Come, let us reason together. If you only repent, all the red will turn white. Okay? Now, it didn't happen. And so you can say that we read Yeshai, even though he lived a different time, and he is the original Jeremiah, at least in this case, right? At least in this uh, uh, way. Your meal is all about the Churm Yishalayim. Yishayo sort of uh, preceded him and uh, foreshadowed him living a long time earlier and Nebuch Nebuch all the pleadings of Yishayo to repent. Rachasu Haziko were never listened to and poor Yirmiyo was left to pick up the bits, you know, pick up the junk, to collect the junk. Poor Yirmiyo had the misfortune of living uh, at a time when, when, what's the expression? You know, when when, when the, it came home to roost, right? Uh, we said last time, Yirmiyo was just a a, a, a guy with bad luck. God told me he can't get married, he can't have children. Also, you know, he just had bad luck. Okay, that that is one way. And, you know, you think about that, it's very depressing. Oh, good, we want you to be depressed. That's what Tisha B'Av is all about. Once a year, once a year should be depressed. Okay. Um, however, I don't think that's what's going on. It could be. And I'm unfortunately I'm all over the place on this. As I said before, the Barbanel said this happened at the beginning of the time of um, Yeshaya, but all the others say not. It doesn't make any sense because, as I said before, when you get to chapter 6, when he says, Kadosh, 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 that's when Yeshaya seemed to have started. That's the idea of touching with hot coals on the lips and uh, commissioning him to be a prophet and so on and so forth. So if that's the case, then when is Chazon? I know it's placed literally, at the beginning of the book. But when would it have taken place? The best I can figure out, and you know what I always say, I can only give you the best I can figure out. I might be wrong, I might be right. The best I can see is, this would take place at the time of the war of Sancheirev, when Chizkiah was the king. And so, it's very interesting that Chizkiah is portrayed in the book of Malachim and the book of Divrayamim, of Kings and Chronicles, is a frum guy who got rid of the idols, who spent a lot of time fixing up the base of Megdash and removing all the junk, who moved heaven and earth to have a splendid Passover, which resulted in a BT movement. And, you know, we've talked about that in the past. So he seems like a great guy. He also fixed up the Trumas and the Meisters and so forth. If you go by the Gemara, he, he, he built up the Chinuch system, you know, um, he set up uh, haters and yeshivas and so on and so forth everybody's familiar with that business there wasn't a boy or a girl who didn't know, uh, what is it, Kachim Tyrus that sort of thing, you know the Satmar go crazy over that, what's the shot, there wasn't a boy or a girl who didn't know Tyrus, but the answer the Satmar Rebbe says is they knew the halachas they didn't learn, God forbid they didn't learn uh, the girls, anyway so, um, so what do you do with all this well here's the thing Yeshayahu is one of those classic prophets who is somewhat concerned with idolatry, no question about it. But he's also concerned with social justice and social injustice. And it seems, best I can make out, that although Chizkiyot was great on the ritual side, on literally physically destroying idols, and literally physically 
you know, concentrating the worship just on base Amigdosh and for Hashem, which is no no small business, especially at that time, when you had the Yetzir Haru of Odazar running around, which they said was much more powerful than today. So we're not making light of that, right? We're not making light of that. You know, he had a tough time doing what he did. Nevertheless, um, what do you call it? The social injustice still remained. And the book of Judges and Kings, for some reason we don't talk about that. It seems that the authors were more aristocratic and interested in classical history of a certain sort, the history of elites. Um, they say, the Gemara says that um, Yermiel wrote the book of Kings and Ezra wrote the book of Adiriyamim. But they didn't compose it, they collected it from early material. That's pretty clear. You know, read the Rock Docs introduction and all that sort of thing. Uh, is the famous stuff. My late friend used to teach this years ago. Uh, David Sykes had passed away suddenly. Uh, I'm very sorry to say a week ago. He used to teach this long ago, I think, about you, whatever. But anyway, any intro to the Bible knows, you know, these famous intros. Radak, uh, Barbanel, and so forth. And... um. They collected early materials that were obviously focused on the question of idolatry on the one hand versus of what is there on the other. But it didn't deal with the question of, uh, you know, Yosem Valmona, of uh, messing over the poor people in society. The Choshen Mishpat side, let's put it that way. Okay, the Choshen Mishpat side. And that stunk. And it was very bad. And uh, it's bad enough that the leaders are called, even in the time of Chizkiel, the so-called righteous king, of Sodom and Amor, Katsine Sodom and Amamoro. Right? You know what I'm saying? That even in the time, no, let's put it this way, you could be an Orthodox Jew, living in Bnei Brak and Lakewood, and you could have a Stramel, Kapota, and, a, and, a, and a whatever, you know, Litvish or any otherwise, you could have all that business, and you can do all the ritual matters correctly, you know, you don't miss a... You make him go over, again, if he said a Masha Baruch or something like that. But nevertheless, or, you know, um, what's the expression? The Yosem Amona, you, you mess over. Okay? Shemadwar Ketsini, Samadimara. And you end up with a situation in which God says, I can't stand your ritual stuff because it doesn't come together with the Hosha Mishra stuff. Okay? I mean, what did we say in the Parsha today? Me pike. Loma li rozib chechem. Right? Kisavola roz pone me pike shos miyachem roz chatsay. Imagine today a guy is quote unquote really from. That is to say, he looks the part and ritually he acts the part. And he walks into shul and maybe he paid for the shul. And this and that. But really, the guy's a, a crook. He could be a drug pusher. It could be anything. You know, I, mean, I don't know. Just. Turn on the internet and go for your favorite scandal of the week. So he may sit in the misery of something like that, but God says, Me from Who told you, get out of here? Who needs you here? Now do me a favor. Don't give me any more of your prayers because no good. Anything you daven is a toeva to me. These are strong expressions. Okay? In the relation of so, God says, I can't stand your davening, I can't stand your mitzvahs, because uh, because in the Benam Lachaver you stink. 
So there's no point of the Ben Amalekim if you think of the Ben Amalekim. Uparischem kapechem. And we act real from. In those days, you stretch your, your kapayim, you know, you stand up, and that's an old, we don't do this anymore, like the Muslims, you know. You, you stretch your hands towards heaven, like you show up how from you are, I will hide my eyes from you, God said, because you stink on the Ben Amalekim part. You're not honest. Kisar betfila in any shamea. I mean, look, look at what we're reading, right? You carry on with all the davening and all the rest of it. I'm not going to listen. You him because your hands are full of blood. You could even, if I was a preacher, which I'm not, you could say you Your hands are full of dummy it's money. Your hands are full of ill-gotten gain, bad money. And therefore, rachet Get rid of all your bad, stuff. Stop acting with the bad. Okay, and he says, "Lim do hate the mishpat." Try a little bit mishpat, not karbonas, but mishpat, not the ritual stuff, but there, not the so-called frumi business, but the real stuff. Ashulah, shift to yosam ribalmona. Take care of the widow and orphans. Actually, treat them honestly. Shift to yosam ribalmona, and it goes on to say, "If you do that, then I'll turn your sins around." But of course, you don't listen, right? And therefore, he says, "Echa hoistelizona kiriyamona." <laughs> what was once a from city is now Kiryan, is a zona. It used to be a Kiryanamana. Jerusalem used to be a from place. Actually, I said the word wrong. Kiryanamana, a city of Namonas, of honesty. What's a Namon type person? You say something, you mean it. I can rely on you. You don't mess somebody over. You don't take advantage of somebody's poverty or something like that. But now, it became a zona. Because money does that. We see it in America. I'm sure we see it in other countries as well. Like I said before, don't fool somebody with the outside. Or, I said that wrong. You can fool the public with the outside, but you can't fool Rabban Shalom. Right? That's, that's what the Prophet Yeshua is saying. This is tough stuff. All right? Now, of course, obviously, the richy rich crooks will say, well, he's not talking about me. You know, it's always like that. Okay? But, let me see the English over here. Your kasbichol is up. Your silver has become debased and your wine diluted with water. Right? Because all you elite types are no good. <laughs> all the big shots, and actually the Sarim are supposed to be religious leaders. But instead, it's all about money. Look what the guy is saying. I mean, this is not me talking. <laughs> this is the after this week. It's all about money. Yosem lo yishpotu. Therefore, the Yosem gets screwed. Riba almona lo lehem. And you don't take care of the, of the complaint of the almona because she doesn't have enough money to go against the landlord and all that kind of stuff. And therefore, Hashem's like this. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'll destroy the whole city. I'll bring an end to the injustice by smashing the whole business. Lochi non Hashem. Hoya nochem mitzorve nechem mitzorve. I will take vengeance. But she b'shalev etzor kabor sebayach v'sarola. I will destroy the city. Um... And only afterwards, when it's rebuilt, then uh, it'll be called Irtzedek. And that's why we end the Haftorah, you know, uh, the Tzion will only be fixed if there's Mishpat. Mishpat means there's honesty in the money. That's what Mishpat means, justice. It's honesty in the Benam al-Chaveo. It's honesty in the Chosh Mishpat. This is not a speech somebody would like to give today. Let me put it this way. It wouldn't be so well received. Let me, put, uh, let me rephrase it. Wouldn't be well received in certain quarters. It would be real well received among the widows and orphans <laughs> of the weak of society, but it wouldn't be 
well-received among the powerful in society. Um, now, here's the thing. When did he deliver this speech? So, to me, the striking pasuk is Zion. He's describing a, a Jerusalem and a, and, a, and a kingdom of Judah destroyed. Your land is a Shmama. The cities are burned with fire. The enemy is eating all the food. It's a desolate. Right? It's turned into foreign. And Bastin is left alone like a sukkah in a cairn. Right? And it's like a maluna of a mixture. The, the description is very heavy. Okay? It's like a uh, a shack in a vineyard. That's the, the sukkah of the karam. Kim luna mixture like a hut in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. This, to me, is clearly the invasion of Sancheriv in the time of Isaiah, when the whole country was devastated. Millions were killed. I repeat, millions were killed. If you know the story, and you can see this in the archaeology, I've spoken about this before, you can see it, Sancherev assaulting and destroying physically the city of Lachish. The Assyrians have um, archaeological monuments about that. You can go online, just see Siege, Siege of Lachish, if that's what you wish to do. Uh, the entire country was uh, wiped out by the Assyrians, and only Jerusalem was left. And as we all know, Jerusalem was left, at the very last minute, was a rescue. Right? That's the destruction of Sacher. Hashem sent a Malach and wiped out the army. Fine. Is that a victory? We lost 99%, but the last percent was okay. <laughs> right? So when the war was over and the Assyrian army was destroyed by the angel and they ran away, the country was still devastated. And to me, it fits very well because it says, He's describing a, de a destroyed, desolate country. But not Jerusalem. Zion is left like a little hut. So if you thought, if you were Yeshayahu, and you were living in Yerushalayim during the siege and the war of the Ashur, and everywhere you look from Jerusalem, and you know this, there are many places in Yerushalayim, you can look out the window, you can see the Dead Sea. You look out the window, you can see Jordan. Look out the window, another place you can see Chavetz, you know, very far away. Um, and so as far as you could see, you saw... The Assyrian army killing, devastating all the rest of it. Terrible sight. It's an unbelievably bad movie. But Yerushalayim itself, at that time, was a sukkah bakarm. was a surviving little thing. And indeed, Yerushalayim did not survive because it was so powerful. As you have the later on in the story with Yeshaya, he says, That the Basulus Basim, the little girl of Yerushalayim, is laughing at the enemy because Hashem said they could. Shushalayim was like a little baby city, very weak. It was only saved miraculously. Now, why was the country destroyed? Okay. Yeshayo, at that time, is telling unpleasant truths. Because you think we have a rule, um, or we think we have a rule, when you read the book of Kings and Chronicles, you say, good king, good times, bad kings, bad times. So those kings that were good, usually had victory, um, you know, prosperity, and so forth. Uh, the bad kings had invasion, destruction, uh, you know, uh, what's the right word? Locust attacks, all kind of junk. Earthquakes. So the question is, the time Yishai should not have been such an invasion. Now, there are ways around it, I spoke about it. 
and there are classic rabbinic literature ways around it. The Gemara, they'll say it could have been the Mashiach time, or uh, this, that, and the other. But if you want to get down really, really, in my opinion, the reason for the invasion was because, because like I said before, the Chetzonius was good, the Pinimus is no good. And as God says, I don't love robes of Chechem. The base on Mishnah was obviously running okay. He doesn't say, I don't want your idolatrous carbonus. The carbonus were run according to oil. The the, the laws were kept. Uh, people were coming to the base of Mishnah to remove Chatserim. Everything was good. So what's with the invasion? Because, like I said before, externally everything was good. Right? Like you say, it's always a firm guy. But internally it was no good. And God can't stand that. There's no baloney with Shemayim. And you can't go, like I said before, and mess over the Benon Chavero. And the rich and powerful were doing that. And the king didn't intervene. So it seems to be, I could be wrong, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it seems the king was part of that. And so to Chizkiel, being religious meant the external stuff. Which is not unimportant. I'm not, again, you know, I'm not going to knock the fact because I'll say fixed up the Chinuch and all that. That, of course, is important, but it is not taking the place of social justice. Right? doesn't take the place of, take, uh, of treating the poor fairly, of the unfortunate society, the misfortunate. And so, it is very interesting to me that um, when that they made up that on Erev Tishabov, or the Shabbos before Tishabov, we always read, not Jeremiah, who, who could have given a we could have, I mean, let's put it this way. If I were making this, I don't have much of a vision. So it would be very uh, plain, straightforward. So I would say, oh, pick a Haftarah, in which Yermio uh, talks about the Babylonian army destroying Yerushalayim. Or alternatively, Yermio, there are plenty of these, is predicting that because Claudius is acting bad, the, the Babylonians are going to come and destroy everything. There are plenty of uh, examples of that. The book of Yemiel, but that's not what they, they pick Yeshayahu, who actually is talking about a different time and a different place. But it's it's just very interesting. In the time of Yemiel, you had a Vodazor. In the time of Yeshayahu, you did not have Vodazor. But in the time of both of them, you had the problem of Yasem Valmana. You had the social injustice. And I'm not sure if most people, when they read Chazob, think it through the way I just put it. Uh, because most people don't know Tanakh, and second of all, you don't think too much about Yishayel. And Mepharshim, as far as I'm aware, don't raise these kind of questions of when exactly is this happening and why, and what's the context. Not that I can think of. Um, but I just did. And uh, if you're listening to this, I suggest that when you get to this, um, this Shabbos, to the Haftarah, Shabbos Chazon, you know, you'll have something to talk about. This, by the way, you're allowed to talk about in Shabbos. Because, uh, you know, they say after midday, you're not supposed to learn and all that kind of stuff. But serious and sad things you can do. And I say, and they can't even be lying in it. So I would suggest that instead of simply picking up Eich and all the rest of it, which is fine, or Kamsa by Kamsa, which is fine, why don't you take a look at Shabbos Chazon and read it closely the way I just suggested and see if you can come up with something better than I just put out there. With that, I wish everybody an easy fast, and uh, perhaps I'll send out a little bit about what I'm planning to do on Tisha B'Av. Meanwhile, I wish you good Shabbos.
For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.